there is a lot of literature on it how you do financial decision making from a very different part of the brain as compared to where you do the decision making from the consumer side or consumption side sometimes we don't know how much energy has gone into producing a particular item that replaces a not so sustainable item this is something important for a consumer to know to understand marketing gimmick petty selling versus fact based sustainability straws are a great awareness campaign on sustainability we put straws in hands of people who actually were not even using straws earlier our largest selling products have been menstrual health products this has been a mystery for me because we're still a slightly orthodox society we're talking about periods is a taboo Hi everyone, welcome back to the Yellow Tour podcast. I am so grateful that you've chosen to invest this time to listen, learn and grow. I partner with you in transforming your being, work and relationships. Our guests on the podcast will help us gain new perspectives, challenge existing beliefs and help us learn from their experiences so we can unlock growth at the point of life that we are at. My guest on the podcast today has over 14 years of experience in investments, corporate strategy and turnaround management. He is an experienced entrepreneur and he is passionate about building businesses that accelerate sustainable development. He is the co-founder of Green Collective SG which is Singapore's first collective of sustainable retail brands. He also founded Matterwest which is a platform that empowers millennials to manage their savings in a sustainable manner. He has an undergraduate degree in economics and an MBA from the Indian School of Business. He was with us on the podcast last week and we're back today for part 2. My guest on the podcast today, Mayur Singh. Mayur, uh, you mentioned your couple of startups. Talk us through what do you do and uh, I think what I would really be interested in learning uh, learning about is how does one look at savings? it's something that is not taught to our you know us growing up our kids growing up i don't see too many curriculums out there that teach people how to manage money how to look at money how do you and you work with millennials so one how do you look at that and then of course the sustainability element um, you know that how do you kind of channelize that to sustainability and creating an impact in that world no definitely i think uh, um, let me start my sustainability journey kind of starting from the consumption side uh, is when i set up pupita which was a artisanal platform initially i think we created a near perfect uh, solution for curating uh, a lot of artisanal communities and bringing onto the platform and we we made it so perfect that it did not sell enough so we could never figure out the online part of it offline it worked very very well and which is why i pivoted into pivot it kind of pivoted into green collective that's how i personally look at it however my partners changed uh, uh, business partners changed doing that and because the idea of the green collective was that sustainability has a definition for different people in a very different way for me uh, one of the biggest learnings in that journey was that i was trying to tell people that this is sustainability for me sustainability was really more around social impact improving livelihoods working with bottom of the pyramid and stuff and that is the mistake i did not do in green collective so green collective has a much wider it's more accepting of the person so that they can come and adopt what they want so there are there is somewhere there will be so many people for whom uh 
gender is a bigger issue than climate change. Reducing plastic is a bigger issue than refugee crisis. And who are we to decide? And which is where human-centered design comes in. So, uh, so that's that was my journey in the initial arts, and I was looking more at the consumption side. It was somewhere around early last year when we started. I started thinking about the idea of Matter West with Diane, who's my co-founder. Challenge with the consumption side of solving the sustainability problem is uh, kind of twofold. One is are you really changing consume, consumption behavior? Because you are still asking people to consume. On the other hand, one the bigger problem which I personally think uh, exists and we are now trying to tackle it at the Green Collective uh, is are, are the products that we in, are introducing people, the sustainable alternatives that we are introducing, uh, have they been tested to be impact positive and a net impact positive? So. Uh, to give you an example, if a product uh, exists which replaces certain amount of plastic cups or anything, have we calculated the amount of energy that went into making it? Because, and I think that is where there is an issue, uh, like what we were talking about, the first step of recognize is recognizing the issue, and then only you can fix it. You can't solve a problem that you can't see. So. Um, so that's when I think I started looking at finance and I felt a bit stupid because I am a finance guy at the end of the day and I never the dots sustainability finance but um, and that's how the idea of matter was started that why don't we change the way capital is allocated get more consumers and what in finance terms we call retail investors they get more people to connect their money and channel it into sustainably related instruments. So that's where I think the impact can be much more. And uh, there is research in Europe which shows that if you if you change if you impact by changing your daily sustainable habits of consumptions are X, the impact of putting your money in a sustainable pension account is twenty X. And it makes sense because if capital allocation is going to be sustainable the conditions of giving a loan is going to be sustainable, then you can trigger larger changes. Is it perfect? Of course not. It's definitely not perfect. It has its own issues, but like everything in sustainability, it's journey. So coming back to your second question that you're asking about savings, working with millennials has been my biggest learning, especially in the last two and a half years. I mean, uh, not just working with millennials as uh, target customers, but also in teams. It's I think they grew up in a very different world as compared to what you and I did. Uh, they grew up in a very different hierarchy and the need of it as compared to what you and I have. And they have very different expectations. Uh, also, the way of thinking is very, very different as compared to what we had. And I mean, both of us are millennials by definition. Yeah, I was but just, I was going to just say that we're on the other <laughs> spectrum. We're on a spectrum of millennials yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, so we we are on the spectrum and we are on the other end. But um, savings is a is a boring subject. That's the issue of it. Uh, talking about money is a subject. Now, what's happening in the world? Let me explain to you in the bigger sense. Is and that, this is, you know, I, this is so ironical, and I, I want you to talk to us about this. Because savings is boring, but then all people are concerned about as adults is money. 
So why is there this disconnect and how can we get smarter with how we manage our money so we can have that financial freedom to do what we want? Talk, talk me through that. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. And that is leading to a crisis, which is much lesser talked about. So basically what's happening today is that uh, people are living longer. We're all being healthier, trying to be healthier. I mean, we are in Singapore, and I think Singapore, if I'm not wrong, is one of the highest life expectancies in the world today. Great. Who's going to finance all that retirement? Are you making more money as compared to real change in terms of what your previous generation did so that you can actually fund your life towards the end part? So it's amazing. You're going to in 95. It's going to fund that. And the sad part is this across the world, pension systems have broken apart. So we are fortunate to be in Singapore, which is one of the more healthier pension system. Australia is another healthy pension system. Let's talk about Europe. Europe has a shortfall of 2 trillion euros per annum. Otherwise, people our age or younger are not getting a pension. And the problem with finance is the numbers, right? How do I visualize 2 trillion? So 2 trillion euros per annum is basically a Canadian economy being added to Europe for the next 30 years. So good luck doing that because that's the extra amount of savings that are needed to be done by Europe. Uh, and the current generation because how actually savings work is that you and I and other people around us are age safe once people are in the working age and three to four of them or four to five of them finance one person who's retired. So when the contributions from our monthly salary goes, so CPF, it's going to finance a retirement. That's how it works. What's happening in Europe is that ratio came down to three, two years back, and it came down to two is to one. So at one is to one, that system has failed. So everything will collapse. So that is the larger picture of what the savings problem is. The other country which has this problem in a huge level is China. So any aging economy is going to have this issue. And India will join this bandwagon as the whole, the middle, in the age difference changes to the next side, right? Because we have a very young population today, but all that young population will become old population uh, and age very rapidly in another 20, 25 years. So what that means is basically that the generation today needs to save and save in a different way. To answer your question on savings is an important topic and why don't we do it because it's about money. Now, I think that is where uh, the finance or the money aspect of it is very different. It's been a learning curve for me as well. As you know that I'm, I'm from finance, but I'm not a personal finance guy. I come from corporate finance. and. Uh, there's a lot of literature on it, how you do financial decision-making from a very different part of the brain as compared to where you do the decision-making from the consumer side or consumption side. That is where the difference lies because there are a lot of biases within us. In case of millennials, uh, there is also a huge aspect of cultural changes because we started Matter West in Singapore. We realized that it can work here but it will not work with the sustainability aspect because people first learn to consume sustainably and then they can start thinking about investing. That's why we went to Europe. 
Now, when I went to Europe, uh, the difference is so much culturally, money is not about on the dinner table. In fact, it's not appreciated to talk about money on the dinner table. It's largely conservative society. The youth, to a certain extent, depends a lot on benefits also. So it's okay and it's not considered bad to be on support from the state, which I find tough to draw an Asian parallel to, which will just not be appreciated. If you're in your 20s and you're not working, what is going on? Questions will be raised. So I think there's a huge cultural context to savings as well, which is something, again, less talked about. And that, because because I'm trying to connect the dots over here, because I said that the decision-making is happening kind of in your subconscious. So which is where the cultural understanding that you have and the relationship with money that you have growing up actually manifests at the end of the day. So if you look at Singapore, it's just so different because by the time you are 20, 30, uh, most Singaporeans, and I don't have stats to back it up, but most Singaporeans have booked an HTV passport. So they have already bought an asset most probably, or they've started investing and that is so different from what it is in Europe. And people are struggling. Like we work with people who are 42, 43, and they are struggling to still make their ends meet in terms of rent. And they're single, so they don't even have dependents. So this is, it's, 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 a, it's a very, very big problem. So where we thought and what we did with MyRevest was one of the biggest issues because savings includes investments because investments is just a way to improve your improve the kind of savings you have so one of the issues with this generation is that they don't invest and you can blame them because financial markets and wall street is is uh, is not people you should trust definitely not but uh, what other option do you have so I think with matters is the other option you have, which we're trying to show to people. Yes, of course, people in Wall Street are involved in it, in underwriting it, and the banks are involved in it. But at least you can be at peace that it is going towards improving the situation for the world of tomorrow, which is sustainable. That is the emotion we are trying to tap into because the trust in finance and the financial sector has never been lower from a from a perspective so however it is required because the kind of societies we are in the kind of systems that we live in is just something that is needed so it's a it's a, it's a large issue i think we can have a dedicated one-up podcast on just that but uh, that is i hope it just gives you some flavor of the kind of issue it is and how we're using we're trying to use sustainable finance to tackle that problem you know for for a layman this is uh, my money being invested or going into improving the world or at least creating you know a tiny speck of positive impact that i can and my my part that i can play uh, i think the other challenge is so now this is of course in europe now we don't have something like this we don't have sustainable banks in asia so you know the general public who wants to do something about their money is there anything that you can advise them on what should people be doing even on sustainable consumption? And then if you have that money, can they park it somewhere that makes sense or that creates an impact? Um, any, any thoughts on that? 
Yeah, so in Asia, I think it will not be long before it comes to retail investors. Actually, uh, DBS has a lot of products uh, and a lot of loans that they have done, which have a sustainability component attached to it. So it's it's a bit like DBS is giving a loan. Um, in addition to the interest that you need to pay, you also need to ensure certain working conditions. You need to meet certain emission targets, and only then the next disbursement would be done. So it's done more at a corporate level, at an institutional level. Actually, Singapore is quite big for sustainable finance. Um, at a retail level, uh, I if I'm not wrong, Standard Chartered actually has a savings account which is sustainable. Um, and uh, there will be more and more solutions that would be coming up. Uh, however, I feel that the natural journey where Asia is today, which is a bit unfortunate because if we take ourselves around 100, 200 years, I think we were more sustainable as a continent. Well, I don't think we were a continent then, but yeah. Um, but uh, as compared to what we are today, but that's because of the mass consumerism that has happened. Because uh, sustainable finance is essentially trying to solve a problem that did not exist before the crazy consumerism came in, right? Like when the word, word consumer uh, there is a very nice uh, interview of the founder of Patagonia, where he says that I hate the word consumer since when did you start consuming clothes? Consume means something put inside you, which is food, and that is it. So, uh, and I think once the consumerism wave started, so sustainable finance is trying to fix a problem. It's not really, shouldn't have been a solution. So in Asia, I would say uh, the products for the uh, customers are like, retail investors would come in a bit late but uh, i can see it coming sooner than later uh, because of also the fact that countries are moving much faster on the sustainability thing post covid as compared to everyone thought that this would take a back seat so there are much larger commitments being made and stuff like that so um so that's that's one hope i would say that i have that it would happen sooner Today, I think, uh, however, like living in Singapore and understanding the local situation here, I think today there is a need to just put your foot down and switch to consumption first, because that even that is a struggle. But I think the biggest and the most important thing is to voice opinion. I mean, there are such amazing some amazing communities in Singapore run locally like there's a facebook group called journey to zero waste life and what i personally believe in is that when you work in sustainability and when you work on it from consumption point of view um it's a journey so please don't try to get zero waste on day one zero waste in some ways is kind of a myth that you can start working towards but don't beat up yourself if you get into this issue that I'm not doing enough. You're already doing enough. Everyone has their own journey, and um, and no no one is perfect. And that's something something I think very important for people to understand because there's a lot of shaming and there's a lot of guilt tripping which happens in sustainability, especially in sustainability activism, which a lot of times advocates that there's one right way to go. Actually. And the UN made 17 sustainable development goals. It told the world there is not one right way to go. There are around 200 ways to go. But the main thing is to start and start that journey. 
So I think that I think is a broader and I would say a big message that you need to start somewhere. So whether it's by refusing a plastic bag in fair price or it is changing to a menstrual cup, that's a switch you can make and that's a switch you can make for the better for yourself. And you can be an example to others in the future, but it should be selfish initially. If, you, if it's selfish, then you will do it long. And, and that brings us to the point of, uh, you mentioned life cycle, right? Sometimes we don't know how much energy has gone into producing a particular item that replaces a not so sustainable item. Are there resources or places where, you know, layman can go and find, you know, what works, what doesn't work? Am I create, I mean, am, am I actually having that kind of impact that I want to see? And we talked about this uh, the other day about steel straws. So you know, where do we get information that is reliable if we do want to make that shift or that choice? It's very tough. That's, I think, uh, it's, it's, it's one of the first things to quantify today. Mm. But um, I mean, what we are doing in Green Collective Sonam is that we're trying to figure out going segment by segment mm. and start doing impact measurement. Um, and uh, there is a whole spectrum of brands in sustainability. There are people who um, there are people who receive funding from foundations. They have very good impact measurement metrics in place. Uh, and uh, the sad part is this: that most of these brands are artisanal brands because traditionally the artisanal sector is used to doing impact measurement. Um, so the the livelihood SDG thing that you can track pretty well actually. Challenge comes in things like what you talked about, silicon, collapsible boxes. Beauty is another challenging, honestly. Where is the impact actually? Um, and I'll give you a couple of examples because uh, that helps us get a flavor of what sustainability was and has moved to. So what we are trying to do is at, at Green Collective, we're trying to go category by category, brand by brand. And eventually what we'll be doing is, so we have a website now and you go on the website for every product, you have the product details and delivery. The delivery will get replaced by impact. So the impact initially would be at a brand level and we will basically showcase what impact is that brand creating and for who is it creating it. So even today, actually, the Green Collective website, uh, if you go to the community tab, uh, the community is actually always divided based on the UN Sustainable Development Goals. So today, I would say don't quantify based on the product that the community sells, but it is more, uh, un and we don't quantify the impact of selling that product, but that's what we want to get to. So we want to see if you spend $20, what has that $20 actually gone to impact? And I think it's, 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 it's the right of the user to know that because that's when, uh, that's when you can start doing comparisons. So I think um, from a user perspective, it's something that the user should be asking more and more. Uh, and the brand should be pressured and should be uh, should feel the pinch to evaluate when um, this happens. So there are 17 goals which range across a range of topics. I'm so glad to see that actually it's taught in schools in Singapore. So the other day we had a kid 
coming green collective explaining to her mom that this is this goal this is that goal which is really cool this is something important for a consumer to know to understand marketing gimmick pretty selling versus fact-based sustainability and I think that's a journey that a consumer will also go through um, and that is the journey I, we want the consumer to grow through honestly and as they go through more and more of it they will become more informed and as they become more informed they will ask more questions i think the holy grail of sustainability is an impact measurement and if you can really measure and tell the users that this is what you did when you spent your hard-earned money here the sector in singapore really really needs a check there because uh, sometimes you get away with that and you are not really creating a positive change. Right. So measurement and reporting, I think it still remains to be critical. And from a consumer yeah. standpoint, I think that, that's why also increasingly we see people just gravitating to what's most, you know, plastic or straws, whatever is buzzing around or, you know, catches the news. Uh, that's what people pick up because honestly, everyone's busy in their life. You and I can talk about this in in a lot more detail and passionately but somebody who's going about their day as per normal and you know you don't kind of this is not your entire agenda uh, and you're not kind of tuned into that yes you will pick up you know things from here and there and you do want to make those changes now and then um, but i think i think there needs to be a lot more information out there awareness out there and awareness i think again like you said in terms of the impact and reporting not just noise and uh, myths we talked about myths as well so really look forward. I'm hopeful that, uh, you know, this brings about a change. I know sustainability is not a challenge that is in our face, I think. And that's been, uh, it, it's evident, right? Like with the pandemic, this has hit us and we're all impacted by it and we're all dealing with it. And hopefully we don't have to get to that stage with sustainability and, uh, you know, we really do start working towards stuff. You are very, very right in the initial thing, the first nine to 12 months our largest selling month on month product was either bamboo straws or steel straws bamboo straws steel straws yes. no third product straws are great i think straws are a great awareness campaign on sustainability but uh, i think we put straws in the hands of people who actually were not even using straws earlier so that doesn't really solve the problem so um however what i have seen is the impact of uh, working Singaporeans who I'm, I'm fascinated with understanding the retail psyche of a Singaporean because people think that they are conscious value buyers who don't want to spend money and they couldn't be more wrong because they actually are very pragmatic and they value doesn't mean price for them, which in India it's very clear it's price. Uh, a value means what value does this product bring to them in their lives? And um, what we've seen in the last one year is that consistently, and this is something I'm so proud of, consistently for almost a year now, since we've been in Funan, our largest selling products have been menstrual health products. This has been a mystery for me because we're still in a slightly orthodox society where talking about periods is a taboo. We are not selling pads. So it's not like people are new people, the same people are coming and buying products from us monthly, like uh, Freedom Cup or Lunit Cup, these cups will last you for a very long time, honestly. So 
what it has shown us is that and by nature of it because it's a taboo product it cannot be trendy so uh so we've seen the consumer shift in the mindset happening and we've seen word of mouth marketing working so i think that is great to see because uh i remember when we started the green collective so i used to be there as a cashier most of the time and i would see those awkward stares with me as a guy behind the cashier and a lady coming and looking at a cup and seeing that she has so many questions who should she ask to people just coming picking it up and getting it in out and it's perfect so i think uh, uh it 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 will move on from the trendiness of it uh it still needs to add value in the life i think trendiness is also adding value in life i mean you come from delhi i think a lot of things in delhi and if you look at the new delhi consumer a lot of things are about showcasing to the other how uh how how you are perceived perception is a huge role i think trendiness is another part of that but uh, i like one thing i'm very happy to see in singapore is this shift happening quite rapidly and uh, and that's that's actually great to see and it's also great to see more local movements coming up like the soul space there is uh unpacked and these which which are zero waste stores and they are locally run and they're not some large franchise coming up and swooping up chud road which is normally been the case with retail in singapore so so that's that's a great positive sign in singapore thank you so much mayur uh, that brings me to the end of our conversation i know i can go on and on i have so much to chat with you about and uh, yes look forward to many more conversations thank you mayur any last words you want to leave us with It was great, and I, I'm so happy we talked about these topics. And I think, uh, as long as we can, I love the concept that you're bringing to the table and to people, wherein we talk about more real conversations. And uh, as long as uh, everyone who comes on is open, uh, because that's I think the next generation of entrepreneurs or the next generation of leaders or next generation of businesses have to be more collaborative. and collaboration can only happen with more information sharing and that's what i personally believe in but thanks a lot for doing this and bringing these conversation to the forefront so and of course let us know as a community how we can help you more thank you mayur thank you so much and lastly where can people find you we'll be putting the insta- uh, all the handles in uh, the youtube video as well but anywhere else that you'd like to uh, point them to where they can find you well uh, for a physical uh, presence actually everyone can go to the green collective which is a store in funan so that's one place otherwise everything is digital and uh, finding me physically is, is is of course easy right now because of covid but otherwise i'm normally between europe and here and i intend to have that for some time so um but yeah you can always find me online that's the perfect way to do it great and we'll share those handles uh, and links sure. in the youtube big channel perfect right, thanks thank a lot sanam thank you so that's all we have for today thank you all for watching hope this was insightful for you and of course if you haven't already please do subscribe to our yellow door talks youtube channel and i look forward to seeing you next week stay well and take care